Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hello, Ray. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you too, and welcome to everyone listening. Um, So this is our weekly podcast. We're unpacking our Sunday passage. Um, So we had our all-age service this week, Ray, and um, we had our kids talk, lots of activity going on, but as we've said before, we can only only sort of unpack the scripture in quite a limited way for the children, but it was lots of fun. If anyone wants to go to YouTube and, and see it, there was a there was a bit of carnage. There was a making of a fruit salad, and uh, the focus was on everyone coming together, working together, which was which was lovely for the children. And uh, did anybody eat the fruit <laughs> salad afterwards? Yes, we had a community lunch, and um, the person doing the talk was very diligent to get all the children to use hand sanitizer. Post-COVID world, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. And she brought this very medieval device, uh, medieval looking, to, to, which peeled, cored and cut an apple at the same time. And it sort of wound round. Oh, yes, I've seen, seen one somewhere, probably on one of these antique shows. Yeah, it was fascinating. The children absolutely loved it. And it pr- produces a spiral of apple. I actually yeah. really would like to get one. So it was, um, it was really good. Um, so um, actually, before we uh, before we read the passage, um, I've, we've had a comment um, from one of our listeners, uh, a Peter from Botswana. And uh, yeah. we, we just want to say welcome and thanks for listening. And um, we welcome all comments, guys. We... we particularly comments that might question or lead our our next conversation so if anything comes up in your mind during during today's podcast do send in a comment and and uh you know questions are healthy yeah so don't worry don't worry indeed um it's relatively a short uh passage compared to what we might normally read um so we're matthew chapter 9 um, starting at verse 35. So as usual, I'll read and then and then we'll, we'll unpack it together. So here we go. Ma- Matthew 9, 35 to the end. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. So there we go. Mm. Mm. What are your thoughts? Well, the first thing that catches my attention is that Jesus went out and it says here, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And that phrase, the gospel of the kingdom, is one that is picked up generally um, in the church these days. Um, it 
illustrates the reality that in um, Matthew's Gospel there's significant reference to the kingdom, kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, um, more uh, one than the other, and it raises an issue that was confusing for most of the followers of Jesus at the time um, and perhaps confusing for Christians today. Well, good. Let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Mm. I um, recall when I was at Theological College being taught by a wonderful, wonderful man called Alan Stibbs in New Testament and he was very clear that the ki- kingdom references in Scripture, in the, in the Gospels, were to emphasise the kingship of our God and Lord. Um, there is now a tendency to use the word kingdom to draw attention to either a domain or a place mm. or a relationship or whatever. Um, indeed, there's that indication I've noticed in Acts chapter 1. Um, when the disciples came together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Um and they had clearly latched on to his teaching about the kingdom and they'd applied it in their thinking to the physical kingdom of Israel. Mm, yeah. And his, his answer was, I think, in a way, a little sharp. Um, and it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and so on. Um, so he said, you focus on what matters. And it seems to me that the references that we have here in Matthew have to do with primarily the presence of the king. Um, and we have a whole structure of theology now Hmm. surrounding the idea of kingdom theology and the like which perhaps arguably distracts attention from that truth that the emphasis in the gospels is upon the king so that when the king is present the kingdom is established that's so interesting because this is exactly where my thinking might go astray in thinking of a domain. However, I also know, and I'm wondering if this is what you're saying, so the, the gospel of the kingdom being as a present reality, so we now live in the age of the spirit, there is, there is you know, we living within the kingdom is now, mm-hmm. but also a future reality yes. after Jesus' return, and how that king is that is this what he's talking about in part i'm not sure there's this i looked up some commentaries about the 
for the end time interpretation that yeah. could be placed upon this, and, and it's possible, but you're then in, involved in the whole process of extending that period to the 2,000 years that we've had since. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, I, I'm not totally convinced by that. My comfort is that the king is present, therefore the kingdom is established. And is that why then, healing every disease and every affliction, it's showing that in the presence of the king... Now, that's, this is the point. Um, there is an immediacy about the kingdom and it's here, in that it touches lives and mm. brings healing. And yeah. the two are, it seems, interrelated to some extent, certainly connected, and here every disease and every affliction there's a, a, an attempt by Matthew to give a, a, a broad understanding of the, the relevance of the impact of the kingdom mm. or of the present king who brings healing Christ brings healing who is the source of healing Christ brings it he is the king therefore the kingdom is established when he is free to do his work and that seems to be so much of the emphasis here gosh it's so important Ray because I think the word kingdom can bring about negative stuff the idea of a king and an authority you know people throughout history have experiences of bad you know thinking about the monarchy how a load of people don't like the idea of having a king or a queen someone who by birthright has the throne they, they don't like it and so this is definitely an area which could lead people clearly 2,000 years ago leading people in the wrong direction thinking of a kingdom a domain definitely today as well yeah. it's not even talking about a kingdom as we might understand it but the kingdom and the authority of Jesus yep. and what that will be today and Yep. to come yeah yep. gosh wow and um therefore he puts he he seats his plea for workers in that context so they are workers who will be with him in the work of the kingdom in other words he, in co cooperation with the king yeah and that's the emphasis, that we are people who have been called to be with the king. And we, we go out to win people for Christ and for Christ alone because he is the Lord and king. Yeah. That, that to me is, I think, very exciting. I'm just, what's going on in my mind, I don't want to go on a, too much of a tangent, but at what point was... Um, was it referred to as a kingdom? Because I, I'm going back to the, the Israelites walking through the desert, the judges were over them, they were obsessed with having a king and God didn't want them to have a king and they went against God in, yeah. in establishing a kingdom in that sense with a king. So, I don't know, they made, they made a bit of a pig's ear of leadership, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
there's a sense in which this period of the judges was under a, what we call a charismatic leadership. Yeah. So that God anointed somebody for leadership for a season in a particular context. Um, and then that person goes into obscurity um, until the next challenging situation arises. Um, but they were a nation at that point. They were a nation. They were a nation, but without a king. Without a king. But then, no, no, not without a king. God was. Oh, God, king. yes. Right, yeah, but God. without a human, uh, you know, yes. king in that sense. Yeah. God was. The, and this was the, the whole That's, point. Right, yeah. That God being king was undermined by having a physical king yeah. in his place. But he, God, ever gracious, mm. allowed them what they wanted. Yes, yeah. wasn't what he preferred, mm. but uh, they went against his will. We're, I feel like we're going to touch again on the idea of kingdom in a couple of weeks, um, talking about heaven because the domain mm. and what is possibly, I know we said a couple of weeks ago, a lot of it will remain mm. mystery, this yeah. side of the grave. But I can see the, the, the weakness here in people reading this and going, kingdom, it's a place, it's where I'm going, rather than when we pray thy kingdom come and we're praying for heaven to invade the earth and to come today. Oh, yeah, oh, and there's the whole understanding of the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. Um, how do we understand that? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll leave it for the moment. To, yeah. yeah. Put it on the shelf. Gosh, that's so interesting. Well, again, we didn't even touch on this on Sunday, so it's fantastic to, yeah. to dig into that. And it is entirely up to date to refer here to the lack of labourers in the vineyard. I um, get some information... Um, regularly from what's called Church Pastoral Aid Society. Mm. Um, and part of their pr their call under God is to appoint clergy to posts. It's several hundred under their um, auspices. And um, the one of the documents I get, because I've been linked with them for many, many, many years, um, the, I won't go back in history. Um, <laughs> it, um, but they, uh, it's it's evident that in the column of prayers, which identifies what's happening today, um, they will say, "Please pray for Church A, B, C," um, and it will say, "Church A, post vacant." Next, you know, within a couple of days, there's another church, post-vacant. And, and I'm absolutely astonished by the level mm, of vacancies yeah. in the church today. Now, this is just one denomination, Church of England, which has a, which has a call to minister to every individual in our community. And it's not not able to do the job because there's a substantial lack of resources of people. Yeah. And it's you know, absolutely astounding the level of need there. Yeah. 
this is absolutely written into it. And look at the context it's put in. It's put in a context where we are to follow Christ in preaching, teaching and healing in the community. Well, I mean... What, what What's not to be excited jo- about? I was going to say, what a job specification. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I, it's, it's sad that people... I hope there's somebody here listening to this who asks God, do you want me to be in that role? Because it's the most exciting role there is, is available to you. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm bowled over. You know, I've for, for anyone who's listening who knows me, I've only been in church ministry. If this is my fourth year, hardly at all, really. But every few months, it hits me again how the church only survives through people's time and gifts that they give. And you know, we we've got some exciting ministries about to start little projects. Um, baby basics which is providing um, baby starter packs and we're linking with the midwife service anyway the whole thing is going to be run by volunteers and led by donations and absolutely and what what you're talking about is described here as a harvest field a harvest field which can produce an abundance of crops um, to feed the nation yeah that's the purpose of the harvest now we have a nation that is hungry for God. Um, we've been talking about the kingdom. We're talking at a time just following the death of our queen. Um, and the response to that nationally has been, and globally for that matter, has been absolutely phenomenal. And the emphasis that there has been on the spiritual opportunities that this, this presents has been extraordinary yeah um, now here is a a hungry world here is a world that needs feeding with the things of god and desperately so uh, and all the the nonsense to sort of chuck back at us that all we do it's not what we want it's not what you want it's what you need Anyway, um, but it, it's not true. It's uh, I see all the signs of a real hunger. And where are the labourers? Mm, yeah. Come on, come on, church. But it's hard in Jersey, isn't it? It's where hard. It's hard because we do live in a very rich place, and we can feel as if we're okay, and we don't need. People say they don't need church. Exactly what you just said before. You, you do. People feel as if they don't want it, but they need it. Yes, but then I would turn around and say, you have to acknowledge the realities of Jersey. Um, all right, I think we have, what, less than 40% now of proper Jersey people? Is that yeah, right? Probably. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but that 40% is solidly royalist in their roots yeah as opposed to other places i gather yeah and um here is a potential harvest field Mm. ready for the reaping and they're not satisfied 
really. Um, the indications of dissatisfaction are all there to see. Yeah. Um, we see it in so many different ways. Come on, church. Yeah. <laughs> Get off your bottoms. <laughs> I mean, it's the call here is to pray, in fact. Uh, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. The real call. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, verse 38. So, so how frequently is your prayer focused on the need for labourers in the harvest? Mm. Yeah, get on your knees and get praying. And praying that believes that God will answer. We need to change the perceptions, change the expectations that turn it around to something exciting and positive and wonderful. Mm. It, it really is. I mean, I'm now 83. Um, I'm past it, but... <laughs> but I don't regret a moment of it. And I've been involved in some of the most exciting ministry that you can imagine over the years. Uh, and the privilege that that is, is enormous, mm. enormous. So what's your message today to take home? Is it, the, is it to pray? It's, it, I, there's no barrier to anyone from praying. But pray with expectation and faith. Pray for people, including yourself, to respond as God calls, which may be an, an apparently impossible call, but if it's a call from God, it's the only one to consider, and go for it. See, that message excites me, and I hope it excites people listening. For me, there's nothing, nothing more exciting than walking in step with God. Yep. Yeah. Great. Mary, thanks for your time. See you next week. Look forward to it. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.